I find myself in a hard place because I always say you have to value head-to-head -head competition, but you have to consider overall weight of a schedule and results when you're putting together rankings. And that's exactly where we are conflicted with today as Penn State is now firmly ranked ahead of the Iowa Hawkeyes, the last team that Penn State played and just so happened to lose to. But that's only one thing we're going to be talking about in Monday edition of Locked on Nittany Lions because... Brace yourselves, Penn State fans, because James Franklin is about to be thrown through yet another rumor mill with a coaching vacancy that's opening up at LSU. I'm Kevin McGuire. Thank you for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen of the day. Let's get started. You are Locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into today's edition of Locked On Nittany Lions, your home for Penn State coverage across the Locked On Podcast Network. We are available wherever you get your podcasts on the Odyssey app or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. However you get your podcast, make sure you're following Locked On Nittany Lines. And don't forget to leave a reading and a review to continue to support our show and help us grow across those various podcasting apps. And of course, we're also on YouTube. So if you're checking us out on YouTube today, thank you so much for stopping by, leaving a thumbs up on this video and leaving a comment down below with your thoughts on anything we're discussing or just some general questions that you want to have answered in an upcoming podcast. My name is Kevin McGuire, obviously the host here of Locked on Nittany Lines. I'm also the editor of NittanyLionsWire.com, a part of the USA Today Sports Media Group, and a contributor to AthlonSports.com, reminding you that you can follow Locked on Nittany Lions on Twitter, at Locked on Nittany, like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Locked on Nittany. Of course, we're also on Instagram as well. So guess what? It's Instagram.com slash Locked on Nittany. A lot of stuff to get into in today's episode. We're going to react to everything that went on around the Big Ten this weekend. The Iowa Hawkeyes going down makes for a much more interesting Big Ten West picture. And the latest up rankings have been updated and Penn State is still holding firm in their current locations where they were a week ago. But a couple Big Ten teams within their division somehow managed to jump in front of them. And it's probably because Iowa lost. We'll get into all of that. But of course, there's also the big coaching news of the weekend where LSU is now officially looking for a new head coach. And guess who's going to check off a lot of boxes for what LSU could ideally be looking for? You know where I'm going with this. It's James Franklin. We'll get into all that in today's episode. Uh, but I think we should start with the biggest news from around the world of college football and around the Big Ten. One of the biggest games of the weekend happened to be Iowa losing at home to the Purdue Boilermakers. Now, obviously, the last time we saw Penn State, it was on the road against Iowa a couple weeks ago. And it was the first loss of the season for the Nittany Lions, where, a game in where they played mostly with their backup quarterback. We understand the situation with Sean Clifford, which is still a looming issue going into this upcoming week against Illinois. But obviously, uh, there was a little bit of a tale of two different games. With Sean Clifford at quarterback, Penn State looked really good, looked like they were well on their way to getting out of Iowa with a major victory on their hands. As it turned out, of course, Penn State's Sean Clifford gets knocked out of the game before halftime. They have to go the rest of the game with Taquan Roberson off the bench, and things just aren't in, aren't in sync with this offense. Now, Iowa, give them credit once again for doing what they needed to do to seize the moment against Penn State in that situation. But maybe they just set themselves up for a major letdown. Maybe it was karma coming back to bite those Iowa fans in the rear after booing those Penn State injuries in their previous game because Iowa just got thumped 
by Purdue. I don't think there's any other way we should describe it. That was an absolute thumping at the hands of the Purdue Boilermakers. And I got to say, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't think that Iowa was going to lose a game, certainly within that division. But all of a sudden, Purdue comes in there and they've got the passing game. David Bell has been causing nightmares for Iowa the last few years. So you know that they're happy that David Bell is going to be moving on. And David Bell may be the best wide receiver in the Big Ten. A strong statement to make, and it's obviously based off, well, not just off of this one game against Iowa, but it certainly helps that case to be made. And, you know, again, he had a monster performance against the Iowa secondary. This is an Iowa secondary that was ripping apart opposing quarterbacks, picking off passes left and right, and they could not do anything to contain David Bell or this Purdue passing game, and it cost them in a big way. Iowa was actually the team that was throwing the interceptions. Spencer Petras intercepted four times by that Purdue defense. If a casual college football fan was tuning into that game and had no idea which team was number two, they would have thought that it was Purdue the way that that game played out. It was tied at seven early in the second quarter. It's right in the position to be in the conversation for that Big Ten Western division, which all of a sudden is much more open than I anticipated it was going to be. A loss to Iowa opens up the door for Minnesota, who actually controls the destiny of that division right now, with already with a head-to-head victory against Purdue, and will face Iowa and Wisconsin later in the season. Minnesota coming off a big win against Nebraska, a team now with Scott Frost as the head coach, very much in position to go four straight seasons without reaching bowl eligibility. You have to go back to the late 1950s for the last time that that happened for Nebraska. So Nebraska's in dire straits. Minnesota's in the driver's seat of the Big Ten West. Iowa still certainly is as well. Uh, Purdue's in the conversation. Wisconsin has... Found ways to win, I would say, uh, but still very much in the position to be in that Big Ten West race as well. So there are a lot of things going on in that Big Ten West. But what we are focusing on, of course, as a Penn State podcast is where the Big Ten East continues to be going. Now, the latest reactions coming out of the the weekend of college football, uh, the latest rankings, I should say, did see Iowa fall out of the top 10. You still have those four teams in the Big Ten East that are still in that top 10, whether you're looking at the USA Today Sports AFCA Coaches Poll or the AP Top 25. You still have Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State in one order or the other. Uh, So in the AP Top 25, you've got Ohio State at number five, Michigan at number six, Penn State at number seven, Michigan State at number eight. In the Coaches Poll, it's Ohio State five, uh, Michigan number six, Michigan State number seven, and Penn State at number eight. Interesting to note that Michigan State actually moved ahead of Penn State in the coaches poll and Michigan moved one spot ahead of Penn State in the AP Top 25. So in either poll, Penn State got left by a Big Ten division rival. And I think it's largely because the value of losing a tough game at Iowa certainly took a plummet with Purdue just absolutely smashing the Hawkeyes. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter because Penn State will still have games against Michigan State against Michigan, and of course, against Ohio State. So if they are worthy, they will certainly be moving ahead of those teams as the season rolls along. But that Big Ten East is going to be very fun to watch. Looking ahead already to October 30th, at the end of the month, you got Penn State at Ohio State. You got Michigan going to Michigan State. Those are going to be two huge games in the Big Ten East. It's going to be a really fun day, I think, for that division. But first, we need to know what's going to happen with Penn State this coming weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into the LSU conversation later on in today's podcast. 
If you're a college football fan who is looking to find themselves in the action with some daily college fantasy football, then look no further than the Prize Picks app. You can check out the Prize Picks app as one of the top fantasy football apps on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. It's incredibly easy to get started making some picks for the upcoming weekend as well. So just download the app from whatever store you're looking for, sign up for your account, and then in as little as 60 seconds, you can start making your picks. All you have to do is pick two to five players and choose whether or not they're to go over or under a variety of statistical projections and that's all you have to do and prize picks is even going to give you a little bit of a bonus incentive right now right now our listeners can get a 100 instant deposit match in their account for prize picks up to 100 when they use the promo code locked on that's right up to a hundred dollar instant deposit match when you use that promo code of locked on don't hesitate check out the prize picks app today from the apple store or the google play store use that promo code locked on to get that instant deposit match up to $100 and find out why people are saying that prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you guys once again for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen of the day. And again, if you are watching us on YouTube, thanks for checking us out on our YouTube channel, leaving the video a thumbs up and leaving comments down below as you watch the video. So as we have said, Penn State is back into a game week preparation mode this weekend with their big homecoming game coming up this weekend. They're getting back on the field, looking for a rebound and have a pretty good chance of getting that rebound as they host the Illinois Fighting Illini. An Illinois team under new head coach Brett Bielma, our old friend Brett Bielma, of course, from back in his Wisconsin days, uh, certainly looked like it was going to be a promising rebound season or a step forward season for Illinois during a massive rebuilding project with a win in that week zero game against Nebraska. But certainly we have seen that Illinois is still Illinois. So this is going to be a pretty good situation to see if Penn State can kind of regain some of the momentum on offense and kind of rejuvenate themselves a little bit after a brutal uh, performance against Iowa a couple weeks ago. And of course, we all know that the big question going into this game is going to be whether or not Sean Clifford is going to be playing quarterback for Penn State. And I'm of the mind that Penn State shouldn't need Sean Clifford to get past Illinois, even if this has to be a game that you win ugly on offense. You shouldn't have to rely on Sean Clifford much in this game. So if you are going to give Sean Clifford an extra bit of time to recuperate from whatever injury he has that he's working through, and having him more prepared and potentially ready for a big game at Ohio State coming up the following week, then by all means, let Sean Clifford rest this weekend. Don't even dress him in a uniform. Put him in street clothes on the sideline. Let him be a cheerleader and a kind of an assistant or kind of a coaching mentor type for Taquan Roberson or something. I feel like that is the best possible scenario. I don't think you need Sean Clifford this weekend. You shouldn't need Sean Clifford this weekend against Illinois. There should be more than enough talent with this offensive unit even without Sean Clifford, to have a much better performance against the Illini than they certainly had against Iowa. And there are a number of different factors that are in place here. First of all, you're playing at home in front of your home fans rather than in Kinnick Stadium where it can be pretty tough. And obviously Iowa had a defense and a special teams unit that was really ready to take advantage of a Penn State offense that could not move the football without Sean Clifford. So this is a much different situation going into this upcoming weekend's game against Illinois. Illinois because even if Sean Clifford is not available, you have had the benefit of going through a bye week and going through another full week of practice with Taquan Roberson, taking more reps with the first team, getting him a little bit more acclimated, getting him a little bit more coaching from Mike Yurcich, and getting him a little bit more comfortable 
running the offense for as much as you need him to this weekend. Again, this is a game where Penn State should be able to get the running game going. They should be able to get enough of the passing game going. And I feel like having the extra time to really work with Roberson, getting him into the sink of things, should benefit Penn State, and I don't think that there's really any reason to suspect that they're going to be in for much of a struggle this weekend against Illinois. Again, maybe a win ugly, and maybe that's okay, but really the grand picture here for Penn State is there's still a lot to play for. There is still a shot at a Big Ten championship. There's still a spot in the college football playoff that could be out there, and your best chance to accomplish any of those goals is by having Sean Clifford for the majority of the season. And this is a game, there aren't too many games like this, but there are, this is one of those games where you can get by without having to rely on Sean Clifford. So obviously the best case scenario here is that Sean Clifford is ready to play. And if he is, by all means, get him out there. But find a position in the game where maybe you can give him a little bit of rest getting ready for that next week's game against Ohio State on the road. A primetime kickoff, by the way. And I just feel as though... If you're Penn State, you know what the schedule is ahead of you, okay? You still have Illinois, obviously. You still have Maryland and Rutgers. Those three games right there are games where you can probably get by without having to have Sean Clifford on the field. Uh, Probably more so against Illinois and maybe Rutgers than maybe Maryland. Maryland might be a little bit more of a problem if you don't have Sean Clifford. But you have Ohio State on the road. You got Michigan at home. And, of course, the regular season finale at Michigan State. And, oh, by the way, those three teams I just mentioned, all still in the top ten of the polls this weekend. Uh, or this week, I should say, moving forward. So you know that you're in for a gauntlet as far as this Big Ten East is concerned. And the Big Ten East as a whole is going to be very fun to watch over the next couple of weeks. So we know that Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan were off this past weekend. They're all going to be back in action this coming weekend. Michigan State did play. They played on the road against Indiana, and they had to fight for it a little bit, but they got out of there with an undefeated record. They're going into a bye week. So there is a very real possibility that in two weeks, we're going to have an undefeated Michigan going up against an undefeated Michigan State in East Lansing, and a one-loss Penn State could be going on the road against what should be an undefeated Ohio State. And that's going to be a massive weekend for the Big Ten East. Maybe a little bit of a separation there, uh, potentially. And I just feel as though things are ramping up here. And if Penn State is going to have a legitimate case to come out of this very tough division right now, they have to have Sean Clifford healthy as much as possible for the biggest games remaining on their schedule. So I don't know what the status is for Sean Clifford. I don't know what the plan is for Sean Clifford. James Franklin doesn't reveal a whole lot of that information. And understandably so. This is something that he doesn't typically go deep into with regard to injuries, unless it happens to be a pretty significant, maybe season-ending injury, the way he has with uh, P.J. Mustafer, or at least confirming that he's out for the season. We haven't heard an update like that for Sean Clifford as of the time I'm recording this. So I guess that's good news. But again, it's still kind of a wait and see situation. You know, maybe Penn State doesn't feel like they need to throw Sean Clifford in for a lot of practices last week and, and this week going into this Illinois game. Uh, really take advantage of the opportunity to get your younger, in, more inexperienced backups a little bit more practice time just in case you have to use them as well. So. I don't know where we are. This is certainly something we're going to be watching all week long. We'll provide some updated commentary and updates as we get them. But as far as I'm concerned, Penn State shouldn't need Sean Clifford this weekend against Illinois. And if they don't have Sean Clifford, 
I'm not going to press any panic buttons because Penn State should win this game. Would they cover without Sean Clifford? That's a different story. But again, just win the game. That's all you got to do this weekend. Get ready. Get home out of this coming weekend as healthy as you possibly can. You just got beat up against Iowa. Use this time with the bye week and what should be an easier game against Illinois. Get yourself as much as you are prepared for a big road trip to Ohio State. Not looking past Illinois, but that's the reality here. There are some big goals still ahead for Penn State. They need their key players like Sean Clifford to be as healthy as possible for the biggest games remaining on their schedule. So if you don't play Sean Clifford this weekend against Illinois, I think that that's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the search for the best protein bar on the market is officially over. And that is because Built Bars are protein bars that taste just like chocolate bars. If it sounds too good to be true, well, you got to check them out for yourself. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and see the variety of flavors they have to choose from. There's a little bit of something for everybody. And right now you want to take advantage because the best flavor that I think is out there, Cookie Dough Chunk, is now back. Yeah, that's right. By popular demand, one of their best selling flavors is back on the market but it is in limited supply so you want to make sure you head on over to builtbar.com and place your order right now you can use the promo code locked 15 and save yourself 15 percent off this cookie dough chunk built bars or any of the other awesome built bars that they have available for you and don't forget to check out the nutritional facts as well because most built bars are going to come between 130 and 180 calories and between three and five net carbs and if you compare that to some of the other nationally leading protein bars on the market you will be amazed at just how far ahead of the game built bars have come so once again built bars the protein bars that taste just like chocolate bars no regrets ingesting this into your daily routine go to builtbar.com right now see everything they have available for you and don't forget to use the promo code locked 15 to save yourself 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com so we've talked a little bit about everything that went down around the Big Ten this past weekend, and we're starting to take a look forward to what's going to happen this weekend against Illinois. There is another national storyline that we should at least address, because I know I've already approached the topic a little bit on NittanyLionsWire.com, as well as on my Twitter feed, and I know it ruffles a few feathers when we do this, but you know what? We have to do it. We're being responsible about this, talking to this subject matter, and it does kind of relate to Penn State and, of course, head coach James Franklin. What am I talking about? Well, if you were not paying attention to the coaching carousel this weekend, we now know that LSU is officially getting ready to begin a new era with a new head coach at the conclusion of the 2021 season. LSU was reportedly coming out and saying that they are parting ways with head coach Ed Orgeron, who just won a national championship a couple years ago, although you can probably thank Joe Burrow for most of that work. But it has reached a tipping point now where LSU has to go in a different direction. If you've been following the LSU, LSU storyline. You kind of know some of the other topics of conversation that are revolving around Ed Orgeron. Uh, there are a variety of reasons why LSU would be ready to move on. So obviously you're looking for a clean slate if you're LSU and you're looking for a head coach who knows how to recruit and knows how to win games and knows how to generate excitement. Well, you know what? There's a head coach in Happy Valley who checks off a number of those boxes. Yes, it's James Franklin. Yes, get ready. We are going to approach more rumor mills and rumor mill conversations with James Franklin as a potential target for the LSU coaching job. Now, I will say that Early on in this development, it doesn't appear as though, from my point of view, that James Franklin is one of the top candidates or top targets, potentially, 
for the LSU job, as opposed to when USC opened up its vacancy uh, with removing Clay Helton as the head coach. Again, James Franklin looks like he would check off a lot of boxes for a program like USC. I think he would check off a lot of boxes for a program like LSU, especially given his recent or his previous success in the SEC. I know he didn't build Vanderbilt into an SEC East powerhouse program, but you know what? He won games at Vanderbilt, and there's something to that. That's not just happening by a fluke. So I do feel as though there are many reasons why James Franklin would be a good target for LSU. But as I said, it doesn't appear early on that he is one of the trendiest names to keep an eye on, although he is certainly on the radar, I think, from a lot of perspectives. If you look at the LSU conversations right now, Jimbo Fisher, the head coach of Texas A&M, seems to be the, one of the biggest names that would ideally be targeted by LSU. And that makes sense. He was previously an assistant at LSU under former head coach Nick Saban, who went off to do a couple things. He's been pretty successful, I think, in his post-LSU days. Uh, but Jimbo Fisher obviously went on to Florida State, and now he's at Texas A&M. And I know he's being paid handsomely at Texas A&M, but the buyout makes it a little bit more of an interesting situation. I'll advise you guys to go check out everything that Locked On LSU and my old Locked On College Football uh, podcast co-host Matt Moscona has to say about this conversation. But it feels as though Jimbo Fisher uh, was probably more the popular name, at least among LSU fans, as opposed to you know where else LSU could potentially go. There are some other ideal candidates out there. And James Franklin may not even be the top candidate out of the Big Ten. That's because Mel Tucker of Michigan State, formerly of Colorado, formerly of uh, Georgia's coaching staff, Mel Tucker, with the success that he's having this year in East Lansing, looks like he could be a potential target. And he would fit that SEC mentality. I don't know if necessarily he would be the home run hire that LSU fans would be hoping for, but there is something to be said about his short-term head coaching success uh, at Colorado and now at Michigan State. I think there's there's signs of progress that can be made here with Mel Tucker. I'd be very curious to see uh, how that would be received more so from the LSU fan base. I know among Michigan State circles, it feels as though Mel Tucker going to LSU is a viable conversation to be having right now. And maybe that's good news. Maybe that's good news for James Franklin, who, as far as I'm concerned, is going to be paid by somebody in this round of the coaching carousel. I still think it's going to be by Penn State. I don't think he's going to be leaving Penn State. But if USC comes knocking on the door and LSU is making phone calls, Penn State has to do everything it can to make sure that it is happy to have James Franklin or James Franklin is happy to be in Happy Valley. And again, I don't suggest that there is any indication that James Franklin is ready to bolt Penn State and leave for one of these other opportunities. I will say what I put out on Twitter at Kevin on CFB the other day. Penn State, or I'm sorry, James Franklin would absolutely crush it at USC. My opinion on that has not changed one bit. I think he would be a very good coach and have a lot of success with that LSU program. I don't back down from that idea at all. I just think he's going to continue to crush it with what he's doing at Penn State. I, I, I'm not saying that it's impossible that James Franklin would leave Penn State for either of these jobs or any other potential job opening that comes out, but it feels as though we've gone through this cycle before and Penn State has found a way to secure James Franklin, make him financially happy and satisfied to be the head coach of Penn State. And there are a lot of really strong qualities that Penn State has to offer that those other programs do as well, and maybe more so are, are available at Penn State. And I think program stability 
is certainly something that it plays in Penn State's favor right now, at least compared to the USC program. Like, as I mentioned, LSU did win a national championship just a couple of years ago. So uh, Penn State is lacking in that department. But the model of consistency that James Franklin has helped establish at Penn State I think it'd be tough to walk away from. You know, the grass is not always greener on the other side. I mean, your bank account may be, but as I said, I think one way or another, James Franklin is going to be getting paid by somebody. And I think if Penn State manages to keep James Franklin from leaving for another job, I think it's very likely that Penn State's going to have to find some way to make it a little bit more financially rewarding for him to stay at Penn State, not just for himself, but also his assistant coaches and just continue to invest in the program. We all know that Penn State football is the big moneymaker as far as this athletics department is concerned. So I don't think Penn State would be shying away from you know investing more into this football program, especially given the stakes that are out there in the world of college football to this day with the expanding world of collegiate athletics. More revenue, more opportunities to invest, more opportunities to invest in the staff. I think those are the kind of things that Penn State has at their advantage that they can look forward to moving forward. Because there's no question that James Franklin knows how to bring in assistants because some of these assistants come in, they have some success at Penn State, and then they're going off and getting other jobs where they're moving up, which is a good thing. This is a good sign that James Franklin knows how to put together a good coaching staff. But I think uh, finding ways to just continue to keep up with the powers that are always in the national championship conversation, if you're trying to get to that level, then first of all, you got to keep James Franklin around because he has things going pretty well. And I know there are some naysayers, and I'm not saying that James Franklin is perfect. I will be one of the first to admit that he does have his flaws. We get that, especially on game day situations. But in the grand scheme of things, look at where Penn State is now on a regular basis compared to where they have been traditionally. And obviously there have been some really good seasons at Penn State, but we're in a really good run of Penn State football right now. James Franklin deserves a lot of credit for that, whether you like him or not. I think you have to admit that things have been going pretty well. Can he get you to the next step? That's the big question. But you know, ultimately, you got a coach that has you in that conversation. That's a big, giant step forward. And I think Penn State would be in a tough spot if James Franklin were to leave. Penn State would be able to hire a coach. There's no question about that. But I just feel as though if they can find a way to keep James Franklin from going to USC or LSU this year, then Penn State's going to be ponying up a new Brinks truck, really, for James Franklin. And I think deservedly so. So James Franklin is going to get paid somewhere. Is it going to be USC? Is it going to be LSU? I think it's going to be Penn State. But again, this is just another coaching vacancy that is on the market. And don't be surprised if and when James Franklin's name gets thrown into the rumor mill because I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. And that's just the way things go. And it is a sign that Penn State is doing something good. Because if they have a head coach who's being thought of as a potential replacement at a program like LSU, which just won a national championship a couple years ago, that speaks very highly of your head coach and your program. I would like to see it continue in Happy Valley, but again, we'll just have to wait and see exactly what happens. But of course, we will be covering this story and so many other stories as we continue to move forward. Again, Penn State going into the second half of the season now, homecoming game this weekend against Illinois, bringing out the greatness of or generations of greatness uniform. I broke down all the details of that over on NittanyLionsWire.com. 
And it's gonna be a lot of fun getting back into the routine here. Uh, the schedule for the posting of these episodes might be a little off, but we're gonna try and still have you with some fresh content every day. So a uh, little bit of a delayed start to this week, but we'll see if we can uh, make sure we've got that content still flowing for you. Again, thank you for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen on the Odyssey app or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're hearing my voice right now. Thank you for making us your first listen. If you want your second listen of the day, hop on over to Locked On Big Ten. I'm there on the Tuesday editions of the podcast and we've got some things that go through i'm sure over there with nate dickinson so make sure you check out locked on big 10 wherever you get your podcast and again like us they are on youtube as well so head on over to youtube search for locked on big 10 search for locked on nittany lines give those channels a little bit of a subscribe and give the videos a thumbs up leave comments down below and join the conversation that way uh, we did not have a youtube comment of the day but if you leave a comment in this video today i will have those comments highlighted for you in the next episode of the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. We've also got that Instagram account at instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. And my name is Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out all of my Penn State commentary over on NittanyLionsWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. And of course, I'm a contributor to AthlonSports.com as well. Till next time, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Go 1-0 today. Let's do it all again tomorrow. Yeah.